folks, obviously uh, teams are very busy this off season, making a lot of changes, preparing for some inevitable changes to the cap in a few years, and ultimately trying to win the arms race of every offseason ambition of hopefully building a cup winner. We've taken a look at every division except for the Metro. Now it's time to see what the Metro is up to and if the next Stanley Cup will run through their territories. All coming right up on tonight's episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets. For Locked On, the Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends, and welcome to tonight's episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. As always, thank you for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. If you enjoy what you're hearing, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform of choice, including Apple, Spotify, Google, Megaphone, Odyssey, and YouTube. Doing so is completely free of charge and ensures you never miss another episode. But most of all, we just really love and appreciate your support. On tonight's episode, I thought, again, we would continue our series of, uh, and ultimately concluding our series of essentially off-season grades and reviews for teams so far. Obviously, some teams haven't quite finished all of their off-season moves, uh, but for the most part, I think what we're seeing now is probably a fair reflection of what we're heading into the season with. And obviously, the Metro Division is the last one that we haven't taken a look at. So kicking us off, we're taking a look at the Carolina Hurricanes. Now, Carolina is kind of in a strange spot. Uh, The Canes are a very good team, but I think there have been questions about, you know, the coaching maybe running them a little bit too ragged until, you know, the postseason starts. And once they're in the playoffs, then suddenly the team starts to lag behind and underperform. I don't really know if I I necessarily buy into that or really think that that is the case. It could definitely be. I just don't know enough uh, about the situation to really comment. But in terms of like changes to the roster, uh, I I do think that to some degree, uh, Carolina has made some decent moves. Nothing too crazy. Uh, They they are taking a bit of a flyer on Andre Kasha for one and a half million for a year, which I think is a solid depth move. They also brought in uh, Max Pacioretty, but as it turns out, Pacioretty, I believe, needs some pretty serious uh, surgery, something that's going to keep him out for several months. So despite basically getting him and Dylan Coughlin for free, uh, Pacioretty is going to be missing some time. So, um, I mean, once he's healthy, he'll be a really nice top six goal scoring contributor. But I don't recall if it was like, you know, some sort of ACL injury or something. But whatever it is, you know, that that surgery could mean that what his performance is upon his return might not really be at a level where you're thinking, yeah, this is a, a big win for the Canes. So we'll see how he pans out. Hopefully he's okay. Uh, obviously, he can be such a lethal goal scorer and one of the more creative ones uh, out there for basically nothing, right? He's just cap space for Carolina. And I think with what the, the Canes honestly need, which is finishing talent, that's really the last thing that they've always kind of been missing. I think that he'll be a really nice piece should he get healthy enough and contribute. One of the other interesting things that they've done is uh, bring in Martin Nietzsche on a two-year deal. Now, Nietzsche, so far into his, his Carolina career, has been 
I don't know, a little bit of a mixed bag. I mean, there are signs of real talent, but I think this is the kind of deal that gives you a show me, uh, let's see what you can do kind of performance term, uh, something that's not really committing long term, but also leaves room in case, you know, maybe season one is just all right. Uh, Season two, maybe there's an opportunity there if he actually is looking to uh, really perform well and, and kind of extend his stay. Maybe then they talk about a contract negotiation or if things aren't working out, you still have a little bit of term to send them to another team and let them get a fresh start. So overall, I don't think, you know, Carolina has had to do a ton. They've got a really strong team. Um, I will say the acquisition of Brent Burns. I'm not really sure I particularly care for that, but yeah, uh, it is what it is. I mean, I guess they were looking for a replacement for Anthony uh, D'Angelo, but Overall, I mean, they had a solid draft. I think that they're, for the most part, free agent acquisitions have been decent, and the contract extensions also decent. Uh, Again, the Burns trade, I I can't say that I particularly care for, but um, I mean, this team is already really good, right? And in you know, with Burns, you can probably hide a lot of his issues. So overall, I'll give them a solid B to a B plus. I think that's probably fair for their off season. Overall, not too bad. Now. For Columbus, uh, they've had a little bit of a, a mixed offseason. I think that there are, are some definitely really good moves that they've made. Obviously, getting Johnny Goudreau is a really fun thing and a great thing for the fans, for the team, and uh, certainly for their competitiveness. But then they kind of made a mistake in basically giving Oliver Bjorkstrand away for, well, almost nothing really. You know, just a third round and a fourth round pick, which is not really a lot. Aside from that, you know, they had a solid, like, well, actually, probably more than solid, a pretty darn great draft, and they also got Patrick Laine signed for four years. Aside from that, though, I mean, like, the Eric Branson deal, I didn't really care for. Uh, the Laine contract, I think, is fine enough. Uh, you just sort of have to be aware that with Laine, he does have some very notable gaps in his game, and so the contract is probably movable if things don't really work out, but getting Goudreau in, I think, was a huge victory especially if you're looking to attract top end free agent talent and other than that they, they haven't really been super active um mostly just signing their prospects and getting all of the minor stuff done given the kind of mixed bag on some of their moves i would probably give them like a b minus i think goudreau is probably the most positive development but uh you know cabranson coming in at four years pretty hefty cap hit and bjorkstrand basically being given away I, I don't know if I particularly care for that. Uh, Line a getting extended, you know, good news for Patty and, and certainly for the fans, but obviously his game has some flaws, and I could see that contract maybe not panning out as well as they'd hoped. But overall, yeah, an all right enough offseason, but a fantastic draft, uh, certainly one that I think is going to be part of their long-term core. I think they've picked up some really great players. So, yeah, I think B- is fair, and I think that Columbus fans have at least a decent amount of reason to be hopeful for the future. Now, of course, the rest of the cent- or the rest of the Metro Division has been very active, and we'll take a look at some of the top performers and some of the worst ones in just a little bit. Before we go any further, though, I do want to shout out our friends and partners at BetOnline.net. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your betting needs. You can find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. But more than just that, they also want to be your number one source for pretty much anything sports related, related, whether it's podcasts, league reviews, news, live scores, and everything in between. And they've got pretty much every sport you can imagine, whether you're into baseball, 
NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, golf, triple crown horse racing, auto racing, whatever you're into, they've got you covered. They want to be your number one sports media source and online betting source. So, again, they've got every angle covered. And if you're not into sports, they've also got Vegas casino games. Uh, they want to be basically everything for everyone, which, I mean, you really can't go wrong with, right? They continue to be your top online resource for all of your sports wagering information as well, from live in-game betting to scores and everything in between. So be sure to get started with a free account at betonline.net. You can register on your laptop or mobile device. And again, it's uh, free and easy to get started. So be sure to check betonline.net out because BetOnline is where the game starts. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets. We are taking a look at the Metro Division, uh, of course, we're, we're trying to figure out how teams have done this offseason and get a sense of what top contenders might emerge, uh, you know, heading into this upcoming season, which could be a pretty chaotic one for a lot of squads. Uh, before we get any further, though, again, just wanted to say thanks so much for making Lockdown Jets your first listen of the day every day. Now, kind of circling back to the Metro, I think that there are some teams that have had some interesting offseasons. Uh, one of them is New Jersey. This is a team that is kind of stuck in a couple of areas. I'm not sure that every move they've made, I would agree with. Uh, one of the things that they did was they brought in Vitek Vanacek and they signed him to a three-year deal. Not a huge, huge cap hit, just a little over 3.3 million, but certainly not the kind of goalie that I would want to be, you know, putting a lot of faith in yet. I, I think Vanacek has shown flashes for the caps, but you know, for, for the Devils and looking for like a longer-term replacement down uh, in net, I just don't know if he's really the guy. They also traded away Ty Smith for John Marino. I actually like this move. That I, I think Ty Smith hadn't really shown enough to be considered a top-end defender for this team. Marino has, I think, had maybe a bit of a rockier past year or so with the Pens, but certainly we know that when he hit the league, he was one of the top two-way defenders out there. So, this could be a really nice one, and maybe you know New Jersey kind of ends up winning this deal handily, a, a guy who's going to be an NHL caliber D right now. I think one of the other moves that maybe I'm not so big a fan of is signing Andre Palat for five years. Palat technically helps their top nine, but I, I can't really see um, a $6 million contract hitting this well. I just don't really think he's the kind of guy that I would be sinking that much money into, but I, I mean, it is what it is. The reason that I'm particularly sour on this is because then you've got uh, Jesper Brat, who they were trying to negotiate a long-term deal with, but then apparently they're kind of nickel and diming him. They ultimately, I think, settled on uh, a one-year deal at $5.45 million, which this is going to bite them pretty quickly. I think if they can't get him signed to a longer-term deal, they're going to be very upset with themselves. He's one of the best wingers out there. He's a phenomenal player, and I just don't think that letting him go, uh, especially with the way that they've kind of handled, handled some of these other contracts, was the best choice. Uh, the last thing I'll say is that they've had a pretty solid draft. Simone Nimetz is a, a very great defender. Very controversial pick in some ways, considering who else was on the board. Um, but, you know, overall, uh, getting Jonas Siegenthaler signed for five years on a pretty good value contract, I like that move. I think that for the most part, their depth signings have been okay. Yeah, this is probably for me a solid B minus. Uh, some of the moves are a little bit worse than I would say Columbus made. And that's kind of why it, it it's almost a C plus, but 
I mean, it's really hard to be upset about getting John Marino, Simone Nimitz, and uh, a, a nice extension for Siegenthaler. So, yeah, we're going to have to see how this one pans out, especially if they don't get broad. This is a, a situation that could really, I would say, snowball against them if things start to you know, not pan out and maybe Vanacek really stinks. Now, another team that I'm kind of keeping an eye on, uh, I'm not really sure what's happening with them, but uh, you know, the, the New York Islanders are trying to figure out you know, what exactly went wrong last year and if there was anything they can do this offseason to try and avoid the disastrous run of form and injuries that really plagued them. Overall, I don't know that they have to do a ton other than try and figure out how to bolster the top nine. That remains a serious issue because scoring for them is, again, a problem. And, you know, without Trotz, this this team is obviously going to have a different identity. Um, they did make some kind of curious choices. I would say, you know, trading for Alexander Romanov, uh, you know, given what they, they traded to Montreal, which was uh, a fourth round and a first round from this draft, I thought was probably a bit much. Romanov hasn't really shown enough to be considered a top defender yet. Maybe they feel that he'll be something special one day, but I don't know if I love that move. Uh, I would also have some questions about, you know, Lane Lambert stepping into the head coaching role. Is he going to be the best choice? I don't really know. Um, you know, Lambert has always been talked about as a potential candidate somewhere uh, at one point with Washington. But aside from that, we'll see if he really ends up being uh, the right fit. I think that there's a chance maybe he'll be a little bit more offensively ambitious, but we'll see. We haven't really seen him away from Barry Trotz before. So this is an exciting time, I guess, for Isles fans. And I think the biggest thing that people are kind of waiting for is this rumored seven, seven by seven offer to Nazem Kadri. If that deal goes through, obviously their top nine looks considerably different, but the long-term cap situation remains as rough as it is uh, currently. So if uh, I guess I'm going to grade this based on the notion that they get Kadri signed at that contract, I would give this offseason um, a C plus or a B minus. I just don't really know if I love all of the moves. Um, I do very much enjoy Nazem Kadri's game, and I think there's a natural fit there. I just don't know if for the, the the state of this team and where they're at, if I think that that's the best move. But, you know, C plus is probably a little bit harsh. It's probably more like a B minus, but it's just really hard to get excited about this particular offseason and the moves that they've made. Now, their uh, opponents just across the river, they've got, the uh, of course, the New York Rangers as their in-market opponents. And the Rangers have had a relatively you know, soft, I would say, offseason. Their biggest move was probably bringing in Vincent Trocek on a seven-year deal. Um, but you know, they lost Andrew Kopp. There was no way that they were really going to be able to retain him. And so I think they were looking for like that, that middle six to potentially top six uh, center replacement. Trocek will probably be pretty solid. I think he's a quality player and certainly somebody that will slide in somewhere on the second line, I'm sure. Other than that, you know, uh, you might say that the biggest change for them was probably uh, swapping out goalies and stuff. They've got Yaroslav Halak and Louis Domingue in behind, um, of course, uh, Igor Shesterkin. Now, Domingue is probably just going to be a minors guy at this point, but Halak will probably be the backup. I think that this is a really solid goaltending duo. And I mean, given where they were this this season, I don't know if they actually can do much more to improve the team without putting themselves in a much worse cap position. Uh, the team is kind of locked in as it is. So their last big splash was going to be Trocek. 
They just kind of have to hope that Shesterkin can carry them back to the playoffs. And hopefully they play a lot better than they did in the postseason because their defense got shredded. So yeah, interesting uh, com- upcoming couple of seasons for, for the Rangers. Um, I don't know much about their draft. I don't know if it was all that great, but they didn't really have a ton of picks. So we'll see what kind of shakes out. And uh, yeah, I mean, this is a team that quite honestly has has maybe peaked already. I don't know. But as long as they have Shishterkin in net, there is always a chance for them to go that little bit further. Now, we have a few more teams to go through, and some of these are among the most chaotic off seasons. But before we go any further, I just wanted to take a moment and pause and hear a message from our sponsors. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets. We are closing out tonight's episode with some, you know, last end thoughts on the Metro Division and their off seasons. All right, this is the big one that a lot of people have been waiting for. Uh, this is the Philadelphia Flyers. Philadelphia has probably had the most confusing off season of any team in the league. I don't know what's going on in their front office. I don't know what Fletcher is up to, but. My general feeling is that this team has no real plan, no real vision, and they're just kind of going about doing whatever. They ended up hiring John Tortorella for head coach, which I actually think might not be that bad of a choice. I think Tortorella has learned some things since he was in Columbus, and with this team kind of needing a really strong voice to lead it, uh, especially in the locker room, maybe his fire and brimstone style might actually fit for where this team is at, which is quite honestly an embarrassment. This team is just like sinking really quickly. So uh, maybe Tortorella can kind of apply some of the lessons that he's taken and be more offensively progressive here with this team that frankly does not have a lot of talent to work with. There's no Giroux anymore. Uh, Of course, they let uh, Voracek go a while back. And yeah, it's just not really in a great position with this roster and the talent that they're working with. They also brought in Tony D'Angelo, which I think a lot of people, myself included, probably raised an eyebrow at. Uh, not really a big Tony D fan. He's an all right defender, but aside from that, not really the kind of locker room person that you would want to bring in, all while letting Oscar Lindblom go to the Sharks. Yeah, I feel for Flyers fans, man. I, I do. This team, I don't even know what to say. They're kind of a disaster, uh, is is the, the closest thing you can even Uh, suggest and it's just when their biggest free agent signing might be Nicholas Delorier you know at forward outside of Tony D'Angelo you're not having a good day so if you know a Flyers fan in your life please give them a hug because they probably need it now this next team uh, also another Pennsylvania based team a little bit more of a positive vibe for the squad Uh, this is of course the Pittsburgh Penguins They brought in Jeff Petrie in a trade, and they also have uh, Ty Smith, who might be an interesting reclamation project. They have Kasperi Kapanen signed to a two-year deal. Not so much a fan of that, not a big Kapanen fan, but I guess, if nothing else, it's relatively uh, movable if things go really south. I will say that they brought back uh, Danton Heinen on a one-year deal. I think that that is a great value contract for a year at just a million. Um, The departures of Matheson and Marino, though, they will be felt. While I think Smith and Petrie could be a really solid combo uh, on their back end, I'm just not sure if uh, Marino and Matheson going out is going to quite balance it. You know, I think that there's a real chance that uh, both Marino and Matheson might have had a little bit more NHL impact over a guy like Smith. So, yeah, this team, they're just kind of rearranging the deck chairs, I think, for the most part. 
their biggest move was probably getting Malkin back on a four-year deal. And, you know, it kind of came as both a little bit of a surprise and also as no surprise, I guess, to a lot of Penns fans who were sort of expecting this. Latang also signed for like six years. Um, and Brian Rust, of course, had his contract extension a few months ago. So overall, I mean, this team is just kind of sticking with what it's got until uh, Crosby and Malkin are basically done. And, you know, they're just sort of riding out the last couple of seasons with this team before it is time to start considering blowing it up. Given what their offseason looks like and getting Malkin back at a reasonable cap hit, I will give their offseason a B, I want to say, a B. It could, you know, maybe be a bit generous or maybe it's just right. Be curious to know your thoughts on that. So let me know in the comments below or at my social medias. But the last team that I want to cover and I think is a very interesting one to keep track of is the Washington Capitals. They only really had one particular issue um, outside of, of course, Backstrom being out for part of the season. And, you know, the biggest gap for them was obviously in net. They are seriously uh, going in here with Darcy Kemper at five years. And then they also extended Charlie Lindgren for three years. So I'm going to guess that they think Charlie is, in fact, the guy to lead their number two spot. They let Samsonov and Vitek Vanacek go, which I thought was an interesting choice. I wasn't really a big fan of either of them, but, you know, for obvious reasons, Samsonov has some upside. So interesting, I'll say. As far as their acquisitions are concerned, I think they did a great job. Connor Brown, Dylan Strom, Henrik Borgström. If you wanted to remake your 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 middle six part of your team, uh, one that probably has lacked a little bit of forward punch past the top two lines, I think that they made some really good moves here. And while Strom is probably not going to be able to replace Backstrom necessarily, I still think that he's going to be a really good player. And I think the Caps overall have done a really solid uh, job trying to fill in gaps here. And they already had a pretty solid draft too. Um, Miroš Nichenko, uh, Ryan Chesley, I think that they made some really smart picks there. So overall, yeah, I think the Caps had a B plus to an A minus. I think that their offseason so far was very good. And I think that they tried to solve uh, the biggest gaps with their team and they did relatively smart stuff. So yeah, overall, I think uh, Caps fans are going to be happy and we'll see how it pans out. Maybe they'll get one last cup with this roster as is before Ovi also kind of rides into the sunset. But Again, I'd be curious to know your thoughts on all of these teams from the Metro division. Be sure to let me know in the YouTube comments below which ones you think might actually have a shot at winning the Cup this upcoming season. And uh, again, if you also want to hit me up on social medias, be sure to check me out at HLLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets on Twitter. But for tonight's episode, that is going to be all the time that we have. Thank you so much for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. Be sure to make your second listen Locked On NHL. Our experts give you a daily 30-minute podcast on all things NHL all year long. Stay up to date on everything in the world of hockey, all at your fingertips on your favorite podcasting platforms of choice. Uh, so, again, give them a like, follow, and a subscription. And as always, thank you so much for listening. Have a great night, and go Jets go!